Welcome to the You Got Into Wear podcast. I'm your host, Joy Wade, author, college admissions coach, and founder of You Got Into Wear. Every Monday, I bring you actionable interviews with college admissions experts and students who share their insight on college applications, essays, scholarships, financial aid, test prep, and more to help you get admitted into your top choice universities. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the You Got Into Wear podcast. I am so excited that you are listening to today's episode. If you're a high school student who wants to learn the ins and outs of the college admissions process and eliminate the stress of learning everything on your own, you have to consider getting your free college admissions glossary guide from You Got Into Wear. The College Admissions Glossary is a downloadable PDF that provides over 50 college admissions and financial aid related terms and definitions for students. The college application process is overwhelming and the glossary will eliminate hours of research and confusion while filling out applications for admission, scholarships, and financial aid. You can download the free guide at glossary.yougotintoware.com. That's glossary.yougotintoware.com. Let's get straight into today's episode. I'm so delighted to welcome today's guest, Ethan Sawyer, aka The College Essay Guy. Today, we are going to be discussing everything college essays, including your Common App essays, personal statements, and supplements. We are also going to be talking about the biggest mistakes that high school students make on their essays and how you can avoid them. Ethan Sawyer is a nationally recognized college essay expert, sought-after speaker, and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, College Essay Essentials. Each year, he helps thousands of students and counselors through his online courses, workshops, articles, products, and books, and works privately with a small number of students. Raised in Spain, Ecuador, and Colombia, Ethan has studied at 17 different schools and is a graduate of Northwestern University and he holds an MFA from UC Irvine. He has worked as a teacher, curriculum writer, voice actor, motivational speaker, community community organizer, and even a truck driver. He is a certified Myers-Briggs specialist, and his type, ENFJ, will tell you that he will show up on time, that he'll be excited to meet you, and that more than anything, he is committed to and an expert in helping you realize your potential. I'm so excited to have Ethan here as our guest. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, just wanted to make a side comment. I am also ENFJ, so I feel like we're very rare. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think we're, I think according to the um, Myers Briggs of Harry Potter, I think we're the Dumbledore type. I don't know, if <laughs> but you know, I think it's also like the counselor type, and I and I think it makes sense, you know, in terms of the the heart of our type being like helping people realize their potential. So I'm glad to be here with you. Yes. Yeah, so I know that everyone here is ready to hear your advice on college essays. So I wanted to get straight into it. I wanted to ask you, what are a few huge mistakes students make during their essay process? So if they only have five minutes to listen to this podcast, what do you need them to know not to do? Cool. Well, let me give you two obvious ones, and then I'll get to a little more like specific advanced uh, ones. So the first thing, and this is kind of an obvious thing, but I think students wait too long to start. They think, oh, I'm just going to knock this out in like two hours or like two nights. 
And I find that, you know, when students ask me, like, how long does it take to write a great personal statement? I find that it takes sometimes six, eight, as many as like 10 drafts. And sometimes when I say that to them, they're like, gasp, like, what? I'm like, yeah. And I put these, you know, great personal statements on my, my website. And students are like, well, how long do those take? I'm like, yeah, like 10 drafts. So one thing that I really encourage students to do, first of all, is to just make sure that you start early. And by early, I think the best time to start is like after, like right at the beginning of summer of senior year, like the summer between junior, senior year is a great time to write the personal statement. Um, the second thing I think students do, and this is again, kind of obvious, but I think they try and, um, think about like what, what they want. They try and like guess at what the colleges want. And there's really no way of guessing what every single reader who reads your personal statement is going to like. It's like trying to get up in the morning and get dressed so that everybody likes what you're wearing. You know, so what I tell students, and there are a couple exercises that I have for this, but I tell them to start with what, what the student has to say, has to say. Two of the quick ways that I do this is there's something called the essence objects exercise that involves coming up with a list of what are some objects that connect to different parts of who you are. And I won't get into that one right now, but I, I can't, I can explain more of that in just a minute. And then um, the values, like what values do you stand for? And if students start to identify, you know, the, what I call their essence objects and their values, then they can start to develop what I call like a menu of essay topics. So it gets students focused inwardly you know, on the internal, what are they, what do you have to offer as opposed to like, what are they, this mythical day looking for? Um, and then in terms of like two, a little bit more like advanced techniques, sometimes students choose, um, common topics, they make common connections and they use common language. So, uh, an example of that would be like, they write about their involvement with like a mission trip that they took or, you know, the basketball, you know, essay or a musical instrument that they play. All of these are pretty common topics. And if you use a common topic, I don't tell students don't use a common topic, but I tell them if you're going to use one of these topics, it's all the more important to make uncommon connections. And so by uncommon connections, I know this is a really long answer to your question, but uh, uncommon, uncommon connections are things like, you know, imagine for yourself, you know, what would the typical basketball essay focus on? You know, that's going to focus on discipline, hard work, perseverance. So how could you how could you talk about other things that basketball has shaped in your life? For example, you know, it might be that basketball has led you to establishing more healthy boundaries, or maybe it's helped you, you know, figure out, you know, balance in your life, or maybe it's helped you some in some roundabout way, a connection to the environment. And so the basketball essay that's about healthy boundaries and, you know, the environment is going to be much more interesting to read than discipline, hard work and perseverance, right? So that's sort of the uncommon connections thing. And then in terms of uncommon language, uh, and this is another student mistake students make, I think they try to just like pack in like big words. And by uncommon language, what I mean is like, don't say it the way someone else would say it. And that's pretty basic advice. But essentially, like once you've written your essay, go through it. And if there's any sentence in there, especially at the end, that sounds like it could have been in someone else's essay, like strike it out. Um, the other thing, so this is the more advanced thing for students who are applying to highly selective schools, sometimes students underestimate the importance of the supplemental essays. So for example, at like USC, a school that you know really well, you know, you've got to answer why are you in USC a good fit? And some of the advice that I just gave will apply in terms of like uncommon connections and uncommon language. But students sometimes will think that, that once they finish their college essay, then they're pretty much done with the process and they don't really look ahead to like the 20 or so essays that they've got to write for those those supplemental essays. 
So, um, yeah, just to recap real quick. So, you know, basically make sure you give yourself enough time to write it. Usually starting in summer is a good idea. Um, make sure you make, and, and that's, that's kind of the last tip, which is like, make sure that you are looking ahead to those supplemental essays and what you need to write. And then the big one in the middle was rather than a common topic, making common connections and using common language, ask yourself, what could be an uncommon topic? How could I make uncommon connections? And how could I use uncommon language to help myself stand out? So that's a really long answer to your question. Great. Great. So many many gems gems were were dropped. dropped. I really appreciate that. And you also answered a few of the questions that we're going to get into. We're going to get more in depth. So let's... I'm sorry? (laughs) I just said my bad. (laughs) Oh, no problem. Like, that's good. I love getting things in, being concise, getting it done, because I know these students need to get back to their essays. Right? You said five minutes. So I was like, all right, what can I get in in five minutes? (laughs) Yes, that was so valuable. So I wanted to roll back to starting early. You said the summer before senior year. So are there any types of tools or resources that students should have before even like sitting down and writing? I know some people suggest having like a resume. What things would you suggest kind of preparing or brainstorming before you even start working on those essays? Cool. Yeah, for sure. So I think of the process kind of in two parts. Uh, in terms of the college essay. So there's like your main personal statement, which is going to take up probably the most of your time. And I'll give you resources for that in just a second. And then there's like the rest of the application, which is like the activities list, the additional information section, which is basically, for those of y'all who don't know, it's like this big box on the Common App that's like, you can put 650 words of like whatever you want in there. And then the supplemental essays, which is to say, for all the individual schools that you're applying to, they're going to have some range of like zero to five extra essays that you need to write. And so let me answer the personal statement one first, and then I'll give you some resources for the application. So for the personal statement, and so everything that I'm about to share, I have in my free guide to the personal statement, which Joy will tell you about at the end. (laughs) So there's like a link to that. But, you know, some of the resources that I recommend in terms of just getting started um, are these. So number one, one and two actually are the ones I already mentioned, the essence objects exercise and the values exercise. And these are, you know, basically 10 minute exercises that will get you just sort of inspired thinking about what do you have to offer? And then a couple other exercises I like, and you can Google any of these, the 21 details exercise, which basically involves making a list of like 21 random facts about yourself, which might seem random at first, but like, just go with it. You never know how those details are going to work into either a personal statement or your supplemental essays. And then the fourth one is called the everything I want colleges to know about me list. And it's basically just take a blank sheet of paper and fill it with, like it sounds, everything you want colleges to know. And that takes you about, each of those takes you about 10, 15 minutes. So once you've spent like an hour doing those four exercises, you're going to have a ton of stuff to be able to start thinking about what your topic might be. In terms of structure and everything, we don't have to get into that right now, but in the one hour, the free one hour guide, it kind of walks you through what are the different structures and what does a great personal statement look like. In terms of prepping for the application and the activities list and all that, uh, what I tell students to do is, first of all, download, I'm going to spell this for you. It's called the Cialfo Chrome extension, C-I-A-L-F-O Chrome extension. And what this is, it just basically is a little extension that goes into your browser and allows you to look up all the different supplemental essays that you're going to need to write for all the schools that you're applying to. Now, if you don't have a list of schools yet, you've got to rewind and you've got to develop your list of schools first. And if you're still figuring out, okay, what schools am I trying to apply to? Google how to create a great college list. And I put together a resource that'll basically walk you through in about an hour 
um, how to create a great college list and where to look. For for example, let's say you're interested in like engineering. It'll tell you like what schools are great for engineering. Or if you're interested in like, I want to go to a school like, uh, you know, USC, but I can't really get into USC. So what schools are like USC? That resource will help you figure out what schools are like USC, but maybe, you know, less selective, for example. So first you get the list of all the schools you're applying to, and then you look up all the essays that you need to write for those schools. And the way to do that is basically you go into the Cialfo Chrome extension, you type in the name of the school, and the essays will pop up, all the supplemental essays. So you take each one, you just copy and paste it into a spreadsheet. And some of y'all may be here in spreadsheet and like just totally shut down, but trust me, and I'm not a spreadsheet person, but this is <laughs> a really useful exercise. Like on a spreadsheet, put all the essay prompts that you're going to need to write for. And this is also going to work for scholarship essays. So just kind of put that in the back of your mind. But basically when you're trying to um, think about, you know, what are all the, what's the work that's ahead of you? You can basically see all the prompts and you're going to be overwhelmed at first. You're going to see like 20 or 30 essays and you're going to be like, what? I can't write all this. Don't worry. Um, you can look at the prompts and basically start to double and triple them. And what I mean by that is like through the brainstorming work that you've done in the personal statement, you'll start to generate some ideas of like different topics. And you might be like, oh, you know, this thing, this project that I did last summer working with, you know, my church really meant a lot to me. And I, I definitely want to talk about that. Now, when you start to see all those supplemental essay prompts, you might start to see, ooh, there's like all these opportunities they're asking you about, for example, an extracurricular activity, or maybe they're asking you about a community that you're a part of. Well, suddenly, like that essay that was going to be just about an extracurricular activity, if you're using that, whatever that experience with the project was at your church for the extracurricular essay, you can also use it potentially for the community essay. And by writing one essay for both of those prompts, it's going to make that essay better and it's going to save you time. So what you basically do, I advise students to come up with like two to four super topics, which is to say topics that are going to work for a bunch of different prompts. So ultimately, once you've finished your personal statement, when it comes to writing your supplemental essays, you only have to write like, I find like two to maybe six at the most additional like major essays. And you can kind of reuse those if you're smart and you strategize ahead of time for which topics can be reused for which prompts. That's going to save you a lot of time. So that's, that's my advice for just like saving time in terms of planning and, you know, getting started. Great. And I wanted to kind of go on the side a little bit because I do get this question a lot from students and I just wanted to assert it because I didn't really know where to fit it into this interview. But a lot of students come to me and they, you know, they've experienced tragedies in their life or stories that are particularly sad and they don't know whether or not to write an essay about it because some people, there's advice out there that says don't do a sad story because it'll look like you're trying to, you know, pulled the emotional strings of admissions officers and some people say do a sad story but make it you know show how you're positive after that like how do you approach students who really have strong stories but um they might kind of not be as upbeat as some other essays would be yeah so when, when i start the process and this is perfect timing because it's like this is getting the structure now so when it comes to like picking your topic and deciding on a structure i ask students two questions I ask them, first of all, have you faced challenges in your life or not? And then I ask them, have you, do you know what you want to be in the future? Or do you have a vision for your future or not? And based on those two answers, and I'm curious how you would answer those questions, by the way, um, you know, they're, they break into four types of essays. So let me just, I'll just tell you what the four types are and you can tell me, Troy. I mean, and I'd be curious to hear what you wrote about it too. Um, but the first type is like, yes, student have faced, has faced challenges and yes, has a vision for the future. 
Type B is hasn't faced challenges, but does have a vision for the future. Type C, uh, yes, challenges, but no vision for the future, or you know, not quite sure what they want to do in the future. And then type D is no challenges and don't know what they want to do in the future. Um, and I'd just be curious to hear from you, Joy. Like, what, what in, in terms of those categories? Like, what what did you pick for your personal statement in terms of like, did you write about challenges or not? Did you write about your future or not? Yeah, um, that's actually interesting. I would say. I wouldn't necessarily say my personal statement was about like a a wrenching personal challenge, but it did talk about a challenge I faced um, being a minority at a predominantly white school. And just for those who aren't familiar with my essay, um, I'll just kind of summarize it really quick. Basically, um, I grew up at a predominantly white school in a small town in Pennsylvania, and the administration was not sensitive to certain holidays and one year Martin Luther King Jr. Day came around and they basically required students to come to school even though it was a federal holiday and schools are supposed to be out. So I did a lot of um, work with the superintendent and the principal and really kind of put in some policies where MLK Day and other um, holidays that represented different cultures in the school, we would always have off so the as they kind of walk through the process of kind of the emotions I felt when that happened and then the steps I took to kind of make change within my school. So that was my main um, common essay, common app essay um, topic that I wrote about. That's awesome. What, how did you end it? What was your what was your very ending? Was it connected? Do you remember? Yeah, my ending was basically so when I was applying to schools, I was applying to journalism and communications programs. And I kind of just talked about how. I used writing throughout the process. I was writing letters. I was writing, you know, articles for the school newspaper about what was happening and how I was using writing to empower and make change and how I was going to use that in the future as a potential journalist or writer. Awesome. So this is a beautiful example. And it's this would be an example of like, quote unquote, type A essay, where it's like, here's a challenge that you faced. Here's what you did about it. Here's what you learned through the experience. And at the end, here's how you basically these values and these skills that you've developed and have used along the way will help you guide you in your future, you know, whether it's writing, journalism, you know, media, et cetera. Um, so for students who have faced a challenge and who have some sense of what they want to do in the future, the, the, the outline that joy that you just mapped out is, is a beautiful way of doing that. One, you know, for students who have faced challenges, but don't necessarily have a sense of what they want to do in the future, that's okay. It's okay to, to, to leave it kind of more open-ended. What I advise students to do is to kind of take a one-third, one-third, one-third approach, which goes like this. One-third, what's the challenge you face? So in this case, Joy, the challenge was they weren't really, the, the school wasn't really recognizing these other you know, traditions, these other holidays. So one-third of the essay, what did you do about it? It sounds like Joy wrote a bunch of letters, you know, advocated in all these different ways. And then one-third, what did you learn? Besides sort of this, there's like the personal impact that it had. It's also, oh, I learned that these experiences have helped shape my interest in journalism and you know, making a difference in the world using, my, using your voice, right? So that's a really great way of doing that. But for students who don't have a sense, let's say, for example, Joy had no idea, now I'm speaking to the listener, what she wanted to do in the future. That's okay. What we would need to get a sense of is what are the values that are going to be important in the future? So what I hear, the values that I hear in your story, Joy, is like advocacy, is like speaking up for what you believe in, right? I hear um, like the, there's like a quality of like ambition of like self, like I call it like curiosity with legs. It's like, what if I could make a difference? And like, what would it look like if I were to just 
you know, do these things. So it was like ambition. And um, I also hear writing a lot. Like that's, that seems like a, an important value in like communication. Um, so there are a few that I'm just picking out just based on your outline. I'm sure there are more in the details of your uh, essay. Um, but it's important that if a student is writing about a challenge, that we do get a sense of what those values are that are going to that they're going to be bringing onto a college campus. Now, for those of you all who are listening and who are like, "Oh, I don't have a big challenge that I faced," it's okay. I would say that many students, you know, I don't know what percentage, but like, don't have a, a big challenge that they faced. But then I would say, don't try and like, don't try and sort of take your, the toughest thing you've been through, like getting a B minus in physics, and like writing about that is like <laughs> a, a tough challenge. You know. Ask yourself, well, what are the like four to six sides of myself that I want to show? And what's a common thread that would connect those things? So what do I mean by this? This is called a montage, by the way. The first one that we've been talking about so far is like the narrative, like overcoming a challenge. If you haven't faced a challenge, I'm recommending a montage. Give me like different parts of yourself and we need something to connect them all. So an example of that would be like a student that I worked with um, a few years back had, you know, she was really connected to her family. Family was really important in her life. She also was big into volunteering uh, and like community service work, uh, and she was also really interested in teaching. And so, in her essay, she wrote. She also was really into scrapbooking, and in our sort of brainstorming sessions, she was like, "We hit on this idea of like her doing like the scrapbook of her life." And so, if you read the essay, you can actually Google it. The scrapbook essay, college essay guy. She begins like making a scrapbook, and then the images that she places in this scrapbook of her life are the images that reveal different values and different parts of her. And she didn't really know what she wanted to do in the future. So she was sort of a, a type D student where it's like no challenges and didn't have a vision for the future. So she sort of says at the end, like, I know that I'm going to, whatever I do, it's going to be connected to people, helping others, maybe teaching and definitely travel because she mentions travel in the essay. So there are lots of different ways that students can do montages. Um, you know, some students write about, you know, there was a student this past year who wrote about math and everything in his essay had to do with math. Another student has used other students have used like a particular sport that they were into. Now, be careful with the sports ones, right? Because they can start to sound like other sports essays. So you got to make sure you're making uncommon connections with those. Uh, but I've had students write about cupcakes, you know, where every detail in the essay was somehow related back to cupcakes. Um, another student used uh, all the books that he'd read um, and, you know, it, how each one had shaped him in a different way. So essentially a montage is like, we needed something that's going to like be the thematic thread, like books or cupcakes, that's going to connect things. And then we just jump around in space and time to show all these different sides of yourself. Now, if you're listening and you're wondering, well, how do I figure out what the different sides are to myself? Go back to the beginning of the podcast, listen to those four resources. Actually, it was about eight minutes in where I talk about the essence objects, values, exercise, 21 details, and everything I want colleges to know about me list. Start there and then ask yourself, okay, well, what different things could connect these different, you know, these different parts of my life, these different essences of who I am. So, but there's definitely, if students are wondering, there's definitely no, it's not better to write about challenges or not write about challenges. It's just like, what have you got to work with? If you feel like a challenge that you face is part of like your deepest story, then write about it. You know, again, make sure that you're, it's, it's not focused all on the challenge because some students will, especially in the first draft, spend like 80% of their word budget talking about the challenge and how it impacted them. And then they'll spend like the last few words saying like, but I'm trying, like I'm, I'm trying to get better. Um, and, uh, and so make sure that you kind of squish that up into the top part of the essay. Um, one more exercise that you can use for that challenges structure is something called the feelings and needs exercise. If you just Google feelings and needs exercise, you'll see like an exercise. It's like six questions that will help you process and metabolize your experience. So you can talk about that challenge in a way that 
makes you seem like a victor, not a victim. Great. Those are all really good resources. Um, I wish I had some of those when I was writing my essay, but definitely go check those out, guys. And now that we're talking more into structure, I wanted to just assert that a lot of students who might not have as many resources from guidance counselors or teachers when writing essays, they first approach writing the essay more like an academic paper that they would write for class. I see that on a lot of first drafts. How can students kind of reprogram themselves to write more creatively and get out of that, you know, like eight paragraph, five paragraph structure of, you know, school academic essays? Yeah, it's a good question. So sometimes students haven't seen like many personal statements, so they're not quite sure what, what a personal statement looks and feels like. So again, I'm just going to like reference another resource. If you Google like personal statement examples, college essay guy, you'll see like, I think like 12 or 15 really good examples that oftentimes when students read those, they go, oh, you can do that. Like they don't really know like what the range is of like what's possible. Um, and, and sometimes students are curious, like, where do those students get in? I'll just say that like the students on those that have written those got into highly selective school, you know, all got into great schools. And so just first answer is like just looking at great examples can teach you a lot. Okay. The second thing is, um, is, is, is great brainstorming. So the, the brainstorming exercises that I mentioned will get you into that sort of personal mode and thinking about, you know, experiences that you've had memories um, the, the, the feelings and needs exercise in particular is really going to take you deep into, you know, experiences that maybe you haven't really processed. You know, sometimes people are like, that feels like therapy. It's like, yeah, sometimes this process can feel like that. Um, to me, one of the most important qualities of a personal statement is vulnerability. Um, you know, sometimes I, I, I didn't write too many English papers, you know, when I was growing, you know, going through high school that were vulnerable. And so that to me is like a, a core difference. Um, and, and revealing core values. That's another quality that, that, that to me is also something that an English essay doesn't necessarily ask you to do. Um, one simple difference between the typical English essay and the, the personal statement to me is like where you put your thesis and like, if you even have a thesis. So, uh, a, a typical, you know, English five paragraph essay is going to have the thesis at the start. Um, for me, you don't need a thesis, like, or you, if you've got a thesis, you should know like what the main point of your essay is, but save it for the ending. Cause that's going to make for an interesting conclusion. Um, or what I have some students do is like, go ahead and write your thesis, but I want you to write it out and then write your essay in a way that makes me understand what your thesis is without you having to say it out loud. So an example of that might be, you know, the experience of advocating in my school for, um, for ML, not only MLK Day, but for other important holidays and traditions, helped me not only get closer to my own values, but also helped me understand that I'm fiercely committed to working as a journalist in this world to make the world a better place. You know, something like that, right? So that's like kind of like the implied thesis in what you were sharing, Joy. And it's like you may not need to say that in the essay, right? But by the end of it, I should be able to be like, you know, someone's like, "What's this essay about?" I'd be like, "Wow, this is about a girl who went through this process of." You know, and I just repeat my thesis, right? Of, and, and that's basically what I get from this. So the reader should be able to discern what your main point is, but you don't necessarily have to say it. In fact, I think it's sometimes better if you don't. It's kind of like a movie that like just gets really obvious at the end and like spells it out. It kind of ruins the ending of the movie, you know? So I say, you know, make sure that the essay is, it, it, and now if you're, if you're insecure about it, if you're like, I'm not sure that it's clear, then maybe put it, but put it at the end. 
I personally just find it kind of boring when students put the thesis at the start. Because it's like, you know, starting a movie and it's like, okay, this is going to be a movie about uh, this guy and this girl meeting and they're going to fall in love. They're going to break up for a while, but they're going to get back together at the end. All right. So don't you worry. <laughs> right. So it's sort of like, it just kind of ruins the ending. Right. And I know that that's what English papers are supposed to do, but it's, it's just different. Now for the why us essay, when you're trying to make your case for why you and USC or whatever school are going to be a good match, I think it can be actually a really good idea to, to do that like an English essay where your sort of thesis is USC is the perfect place for me given X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's, you know, I can't wait to attend, you know, something, some version of that, and then give the evidence of why you think USC is the perfect place for you. So that's a sort of exception to that rule. Love it. And perfect timing. I was going to start asking more questions about the why us essay. I feel like a lot of students take a more general approach to this essay when this is your time to really show why you are connected to the school you're applying to. And there's a particular challenge for students who can't go on college visits, don't have, you know, parent or alumni connections. So what advice do you give for students who are trying to explain why they want to go to a school, especially when they might be applying to like 10 schools? Like how do they kind of articulate why they want to go to each particular school? How do they stand out with that and make sure they're not just regurgitating the information they find on the website? Yeah, for sure. So the answer is research, research, research. And there are a few different ways to research. And one is, you know, by, by clicking, actually the website is, is good. But like, like you just said, Joy, don't, don't regurgitate it because guess who wrote some of that copy on the website, right? The people who are reading your essays, right? Or they at least have approved it. Um, so, you know, first of all, and there's more on this. If you just Google why us college essay guy, you'll see more on, sorry, I keep mentioning the resources, but I'm like, I'm going to give you like the one minute version. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, four pages of stuff. Actually, there's like 20 pages of stuff on the why us there. That's why I'm referencing it. So the um, simple advice I would give is first of all, don't talk about the school's size, location, weather, or faculty to student ratio, because those are things that pretty much everybody's going to talk about. And in fact, if there's anything that you feel like would show up in somebody else's essay, cut it. I mentioned that earlier, but cut that and get into the specifics. So the way that, you, the way that I tell students to think about it is like, imagine that you are on a third date with somebody and your date is like, why do you like me? You can't just be like, you know, oh, because you're hot or, you know, because, you know, you're... <laughs> Because you come highly recommended from my, <laughs> my, you know, my family and friends, right? It's like, you've got to get specific. You've got to be like, this specific thing that you do or that you're really committed to, and I know that you're committed to it because I see this, this, and this, is really deeply important to me because of this, this, and this experience that I've had, right? So and you can almost not get too specific with that. Um, you know, I, I think it's a really good idea to kind of have a, um, to kind of have a, you know, a, a structure that goes like, here's my thesis of that you and the school are a particular good match. And then a few good reasons that are connected to the academics on campus, right? So it's like, what specific class, what specific professor, and what makes that specific class and specific professor, professor different from the, the 10 other schools that you're applying to. An example of this is a student that uh, I worked with recently who's like, you know, I won't say what the school is, but this particular school is the only school that has, a, you know, a, a, a Latin speaking course. You know, and uh, and I'm only not saying it because he's applying right now. But it's like th this is the only that this professor's work is only being done on this campus, and so it's hard to find these things. But you got to click deep on the website. In other words, you got to go into the nooks and crannies of like the things that you know follow your interests, and you know, and figure out well what are the things that are offered at the school. And you can do this sometimes through just you know there are different websites online that you can find where you can actually chat with alums 
Uh, and also just reaching out to your network of folks like, hey, does anybody know anybody who's who's you know been to NYU or you know applied there or knows anybody who attends there who graduated from there? You know, you can often find an alum who can give you some some great you know advice. Um, but again, we, even with you know a, a well-meaning alum, they're going to say, "Oh yeah, New York was awesome. You know, it was great being there and being in the vibrancy of the city, and I can go to the Metropolitan Museum, you know, see the Statue of Liberty." And they'll kind of like maybe say touristy things. Don't mention touristy things, right? So if you're going to mention the surrounding environment of the city, make sure that you're mentioning specific things that are connected to specific interests from you. And so the, the simple formula is like, A is this particular thing the school has, which connects to B this particular thing for you. And so just sorry to go back to my structure, a few things related to academics, um, a few things definitely related to your concentration or your major, whatever you're most interested in studying. And then I say, you know, do another paragraph if you've got space on what are some academics that you're interested in that are not connected to your major, uh, other things you might be interested in studying. After that, I, th I think it's a good idea to get into extracurricular activities that you'd be interested in being a part of or other opportunities on campus. Maybe there's a particular study abroad program that's connected to something interesting that you want to study. Don't just say, I want to study abroad because, you know, every school you can study abroad at. Uh, and then you can kind of get into, you know, the, the sort of things like, oh, I visited the school uh, and I met this person, et cetera, et cetera. I think some of the mistakes students make on the YS are they, they start with like study abroad, like right away. Like, I can't wait to go to Northwestern and study abroad in London. <laughs> and it's like, well, why do you want to go to the school, right? Well, it's like saying, like, I can't wait to come over to your house, Joy, so we can leave. And in fact, I'm not even going to take you with me. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just going to go there to, like, you know, take off. So make sure that you're making the school, which is an academic institution, feel like the academics are important to you and specifically how they connect back to you. I know I've said that a bunch. And then once you've established the academics, then the extracurricular. Some students start with, like, I can't wait to, you know, join this acapella group. And it's like, well, other schools have acapella groups. Right. So again, establish the academics, then extracurriculars. Uh, and then maybe sometimes students like to start with, I visited the school and I knew it was the place for me. I could just feel it in my heart. And it's like, well, a lot of students say that. So the fact that you showed up is great, but I don't think it's like the main reason, you know, you can, I think you can put that closer towards the end. It's kind of like the icing on the cake. Once you've shown them that you've really done your research. Those are all really good tips for the YSSA. For me, applying to USC, I feel like USC, um, really emphasizes that YSSA just because as schools get more selective, they're really looking for people who want to go there. And especially when it comes to like scholarship decisions, I feel like those essays become increasingly important when they're trying to decide between, you know, two candidates. So really focus, as we said before, focus on beyond that personal statement essay, because when you get into those supplemental essays, those could be things that aid you and, you know, scholarships and other opportunities totally and just let me just say two words about that the the reason that that is is that schools are really interested in protecting something called their yield which is to say when usc accepts 10 students if it's like inviting 10 people to the party if nobody shows up that's bad that's bad for them it actually affects their rankings which i don't like rankings i think us news and world report should not do rankings because i think they're really problematic but the schools do care about it because people care about ranking. So if a school like Stanford in, you know, invites 10 people to the school, like they accept 10 students, they have the highest yield, like 85% of students like all in turn accept Stanford. I don't know what USC's yield is. But essentially, USC wants to know that if they accept you, are you going to accept them back? And one of the ways that you can demonstrate that is through that Why Us essay. That's why they're looking at it. And that's why they're looking at your supplemental essays. Um, if you're curious more about demonstrated interest and how you, how students can like demonstrate interest a little more 
for the application process, guess what? <laughs> there's a blog post for that. If you Google like how to demonstrate interest college essay guide, there's like a step-by-step -step guide with like 13 different ways that students track demonstrated interest and how students can actually go in and like figure out what, you know, how, how they want to do it. Because it could just be like five minutes, like sign up for their email list, or it could be like, you know, an hour or two, like go to a college fair and meet with a rep, right? Or it could be like visit a school. And some people want to do like the quick five minute things and some people want to go all out. So, but you also have to make sure that the school actually tracks demonstrated interest because some schools do and some schools don't. Like the Ivy League schools, they don't track demonstrated interest, or at least they say they don't. <laughs> so it's going to matter a lot, like a little bit, you know, less. Other schools, like smaller schools, really do. Um, so anyway, it's important. You can find that information by just Googling the name of the school and common data set. This is all in that post, but common data set, it'll tell you exactly if that school tracks demonstrated interest and to what extent. Great. Yeah. For me, when I was applying to USC, USC was my top school, like, and I really needed the admissions team to know that. So I was going to like college fairs, local things. I visited the school. I like, I was like, y'all, I want to go to this school. Um, and especially if you, if you know which school you want to go to, um, really figure out what those ways to demonstrate interests are, go to that blog post, because you have to realize there are people on the other side that are reading your essays and if they just have a little bit more familiarity with you and they know that oh she told me this was her number one school like small things like that even if it doesn't affect your admissions but it could just know that um and definitely use those resources and i wanted yeah and go ahead oh sorry i would just say to students don't be shy if it's your top choice don't be shy about putting that in your personal in your why us don't put it in your personal statement <laughs> put it in your why us and say usc is my number one choice and i would definitely attend if accepted like you can straight up say that people are like really i'm like yeah because that's what they want to know now don't go and say that to 10 different schools <laughs> right. Cause that's not right right but you can tell them that because that's what they're trying to figure out now you've got to prove it through the details and the research that you've done but yeah you can say that to them anyway Great. So I wanted to spend kind of the last portion of our interview talking about scholarship essays. A lot of the resources and tips we've talked about apply to scholarship essays, but I wanted to just kind of see what things you might shift when applying to scholarships, because for me in particular, I've found it challenging to apply to smaller scholarships. I um, got most of my scholarships as institutional scholarships, and I found it more challenging when it came to those local scholarships and kind of more like, I felt I found they had more general essay um, prompts. So how would you approach scholarship essays and, um, and how would you kind of maybe recycle some of your college essays to apply for scholarships? Yeah, so two answers to that. And the first answer is going to be more important than the second one. But the first answer is the best way to get money from a college is just what Joy just said is like, you can get it's it's better to develop a, a wide like a great uh, school list of schools that are going to actually give you money because they're going to give you money at like twenty thousand or thirty thousand a pop, you know if if you are a student who qualifies for it based on your estimated family contribution, then trying to apply for these one thousand dollars scholarships, right? Um, now, not saying you shouldn't, but again, answer one is you can actually look and see how much how generous each school is. There's a spreadsheet for that. I'm going to mention another resource. Uh, you know, which schools are most generous with financial aid? Just Google that, College Essay Guy. And you'll see a little, you know, a blog post and an Excel doc that gives you the exact amounts 
that each not the exact amounts, but like how much? Yeah, no, the the average award letter uh, award in, in terms of like financial aid from like you know three hundred different schools, um, and it'll tell you what you know. Do they give merit aid? Do they give only need based aid? And what percentage of students receive aid, and what the average award is. So you can actually sort that, and you can like. And, it, and, I, and I show you on the little post how to do that. You can sort it upside down, basically, where you look and see, like, okay, which schools give the most money, right? And you also need to look at which schools meet full need, which is to say, you're not going to, like, like, for example, I applied to Boston University coming out of high school, and they gave me, like, $10,000. But, like, as a kid who didn't have money, I'm not going to be able to come up with that extra, you know, thirty dollars or $40,000. That's called, you know, the gap year, right? So thanks for the $10,000, but it's no good to me if I, if I don't have the thirty or forty. So um, some schools, they'll meet full need, which is to say they'll put together a package that will allow you to like, if they're going to accept you, they're going to like, you know, make sure that you can, you can attend financially. But in, in terms of like your, your planning process, don't wait to like apply to scholarships like after you've written all your essays, actually develop a school list with schools that are going to give you money. And it could be that some of these like less highly selective schools will give you money. So let's say you are... Um, one of the top students in your school, let's say you are from uh, a, a geographic location that this school doesn't have. So let's say you're applying to a school like, uh, there's a great school like Kalamazoo, which, you know, let's say you're from LA and you're like, I've never heard of Kalamazoo, but Kalamazoo may not get a ton of students from LA. So that might be an advantage that you have. Um, if you are high achieving, that's another advantage. If you are, you know, a minority, that's another advantage. And they're, they're looking for like, for you, you know, in many cases. So I would say if you can apply to some of these schools that are lesser well-known, some of those will give you more money. And I think it's a good idea to not, you know, not just apply to the USC's and the, you know, the, the NYU's and, you know, the Yale's like these well-known schools, but to apply to some of these Western, lesser known schools, because those are going to be the ones who can, can help you out. So that's my first bit of advice is like broaden your range of schools that you're applying to based on that resource that I mentioned. The second thing is, yeah, once you've applied and stuff, if you want to try and like, let's say you need like five or $10,000, Applying to some of these scholarships can be a great idea, and there are a great bunch of resources online. One of them is Going Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, where you can apply to like several scholarships at once. Um, in terms of writing your essay, the if you if you answer the question on your personal statement, this is my favorite question. Um, if you answer this question, you can reuse this essay for most scholarship essays. So the question is: Describe the world you come from, and how it's shaped your dreams and aspirations. Now, just to holler back to Joy's essay, listen to her topic and how it answers that question. Describe the world you come from. I was a student in a predominantly white you know, school, and the world that I came from you know, it wasn't allowing the kinds of opportunities that I wanted to see in the world that I lived in. And so what did I do about it? I advocated for it, and then as a result, came to like, you know, grow closer to my values and see that this is connected to my dreams and aspirations in terms of advocacy, in terms of journalism, right? So even without even trying, you know, to answer that question, Joy was answering that question. I'm, you know, what I find oftentimes is that scholarships are often asking some version of that question or the essay that answers that question is really reusable. So that's going to save you all some time as well. Um, that question comes from an old University of California prompt that it's now like an MIT prompt. Uh, but I, I love that question because I think if you've answered that question well, we really learn a lot about you. But having said that, make sure that your school list is you're applying to schools that are going to definitely give you money. Check out that spreadsheet for, for more on that. So I wanted to wrap up with one last question. Once students have their essays written, they're almost ready to press submit. How do students balance 
feedback, whether it's from parents, teachers, and kind of just deciding when it's time to stop editing and press submit. Yeah. So I just uploaded a YouTube video that has me reading this book with my daughter called Pete the Cat. And Pete the Cat uh, in this kid's book, and the, the reason I, I'm, this is going to relate in a second, I swear, <laughs> but Pete the Cat wants to be, uh, he wants to, you know, wants to look cool. So he asks his mom, what should I wear? And she tells him what, she, what he should wear. And then he asks the teacher, what should I wear? And she tells him what he should wear. And he puts that on. He asks his best friend, what should I wear? And oh, I wear your red shoes. So he puts on the red shoes. So he asks like 10 different people in his life and he puts on all these clothes. And does he look cool? And then my daughter in the video is like, no, he looks silly and he's hot, right? So he takes all these clothes and he decides what he wants to wear, right? And so that, that's sort of the, the broad answer of like, don't go out there and ask like 20 different people and try to make 20 different people happy with your essay. Um, instead, I, you know, I put together this little, it's something called the great college essay test. And there are four questions that you can basically ask, um, four different qualities that you can look for. And you can do that with like one other person to try and determine, the, you know, is this doing what a, a great college essay should do? Now, I think that person, it's great if that person could be somebody who's had experience reading college essays, they can give you some feedback based on what other essays look like. Um, which is to say, not that you need to look like those, but in some cases you need to not look like those, right? So someone who has experience can tell you that, but just a smart, like older sibling or even a parent in some cases could, could help give you that advice if they know what to look for. So again, the, the great college essay test, college essay guy, he's got a video that I recommend that students watch. It takes like 10 minutes. There's a one page PDF that they can print out and ask themselves those questions about their essays and then, um, um, you know, figure it out from there. But and then I just want to like reemphasize that like all these resources I'm mentioning are all free, um, you know, committed to access and equity. So, you know, like you, I'm all about, you know, sharing. So anyway, all the stuff that I mentioned is all free. Wow. This has been full of so many gems. You guys are probably gonna have to listen to this episode twice over just to, you know, take the notes on all the resources listed. But I just wanted to plug one resource Ethan has, which is the free guide to writing your personal statement that will be in the show notes. And you can also um, check him out on his website. So, Ethan, could you tell us your website and social um, extensions? Sure. Yeah. It's just collegeessayguy.com. It sounds like guide, but G-U-Y. And um, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram and um, what else? Pinterest. Um, pretty much all the things, <laughs> YouTube, I'm going to be building up yes. my YouTube channel. I might be coming up to you, Joy, to give me, give me some tips on that, but that's something I'm going to be focusing on. Um, and I'm working on a new book that's coming out in the, in the fall called uh, college, not college essay essentials, but college admission essentials. But what y'all should know is that I'm going to basically be writing that book on the website, like through the blog and like publishing it in chapters as I create it as I go and through the YouTube videos. So. How exciting. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found value in this podcast, make sure you share it with a friend and leave a review because reviews will help this podcast be discovered by other students and families that are looking to get into college. If you're interested in finding the show notes with links and free resources, go to yougotintoware.com slash podcast.